right? Let's go! Welcome to Dragon Age Off the Record, episode 22. I'm Elizabeth, and with me, as always, is my trusty co-host, Rode. Hi! I've got mango juice. Yay, you have mango juice. We're here to talk about some more of the gameplay of Dragon Age Inquisition. Yes, we're back on track. We're going through what Pride had wrought. Yes. This is, to me, is known as the Well of Sorrows quest. Yes, it's uh, it's going to be exciting. Things happen. and Things die. happen? Things happen and people die. There's a lot of Morgan. There's a lot of Morgan in this. There's a lot of Morgan being emotional. Well. She let her emotions get the better of her. A lot. You think so? I do. We'll talk about that. We will. <laughs> now, when you go get this quest, you finish up everything else. I know there's a Cullen quest where you where you go find Samson, something, you know, all that. We'll go over that later because we, we will be doing some character spotlights. And I figured I'd save those for then. But yep. at this point, you click on this quest and you're like, hey, what pride had run? Great. And I actually did notes for this one. And, and Rode did too. And I was I'm shocked. Notes. Notes. Yeah. So where do we start, we start, we start at the beginning of this quest, and we start in the war room. Yeah, in the war <laughs> Now, in the war table, right before this, you see Morgan take you to all the alluvians. Alluvian. Yes. Uh, now, what is that area? Is it is it just behind door number one? I would call that, uh, in D&D terms, a pocket realm. Okay, it's, there it's you go. It's a place that exists all to itself. And it's slowly deteriorating. I remember what she takes you to some closet, and in there is an alluvial. Okay, I yep. remember that. Yep. That's where we. That's the uh, that's the one she was restoring, which you hear references to when you play the uh, the last court or whatever it was, the browser game. That's what she's restoring in Seralt. She inevitably takes it to you up at Skyhold. And how does she do that? Does she have like workers come and you know carry it for her? Or? Probably so. Yes. I okay. mean. She was in service of the queen, so... Or, or did she use, like, Wingardium Leviosa? Uh, no, because this isn't Harry Potter, and Morrigan would destroy Hermione. Wow! Yes! No, no, Totally. No. Yes. I don't, I, yes. don't, I don't think so. I think, yes. uh, I think Hermione would outsmart her, and then Morgan would be like, shit. Nope. She would never admit that she got beaten, but it would happen. I think so. She wouldn't admit she would transform into a dragon and devour the little curly-haired mudblood. Filthy little mudblood. I don't think I said so. It. Okay, so... <laughs> that should be a question for Twitter. But anyway, they're, so nope. after this, they go to the war table, and... Morgan's talking about the Alluvian. We need to get to the Alluvian before Corypheus does. Corypheus. Remember him? Corypheus. 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 And Cullen's like, well, what's going to happen if he gets to it? What does it matter? And she was like, why, he will gain his heart's desire and take the power of a god. Okay, or? Or, and this is more likely, the lunatic will unleash forces that tear the world apart. And so they're like, okay, well, maybe we better go and find this. Uh, I don't know how they get to the Arbor Wild, like they get to the subject of going to the Arbor Wilds. Maybe Morgan knows where the next one is or whatnot. Uh, maybe they've sent scouts out there. I'm pretty sure that's just where they tracked him down to go. That's where they found movement, and uh, Corypheus was actually spotted there. Okay. So, they follow suit. The Inquisition's finally taking the fight to Corypheus. And stuff. With allies. <laughs> Liliana goes, okay, well I'll send my scouts ahead. 
and we'll take him. And Colin's like, no, they went last a day. What till my army gets there? And then Josephine, I could do this. And then very inspiring, the, the Inquisitor's like, we should all work together. And they decide to go ahead and with this plan, you know, both Liliana and Josephine are going to send some spies and Colin's going to bring up the rear. <laughs> and Giggity. Phrasing. And, and then there is a beautiful, beautiful, wonderfully put together cutscene. It's maybe a minute long, but it's, it's glorious. It shows the correlation between what's happening at the war table, how they move their little pieces around. You know how Cullen, his, yep. he's got his little men and Josephine has hers. They move them around. You see the movements in the actual field, which is brilliant. Oh, it's absolutely amazing. They're burning tents. They're stabbing maps. They're <laughs> high-fiving each other and with an 80s theme playing in the background. If that's not a thing, it should be with like Baywatch on there and all that. Yeah. You're the best around. <laughs> Nothing's ever And then Rocky's, you know, running up the steps and punching the air and being like, yeah, I can climb stairs. Morgan! Yeah, there you go. And then the Russian punches him in the face. <laughs> it's something about a robot. I don't know. Exactly. But yes, whoever whoever directed that scene, whoever put it together, whoever had anything to do with that scene, that was brilliant. That gave me chills. I watched some replays on some YouTube channels last night, and I was just, oh, 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 rewind, rewind. That was really good. Very well done. Great storytelling. No words. Awesome. And then we fade in to where apparently the Inquisitor just showed up after everyone else was already in position and waiting for he, she, them to arrive and stuff. Great about this is that a scout gives the Inquisitor the lowdown, what's going on, who's where. It's like an improv set is what happens. Someone just comes on stage simply for the purpose of explaining the scene, and then you, the Inquisitor, or the actor, takes it from there. I think this scout's name was Expo, and the last name was Zishin. Exactly, <laughs> yes. Precisely. Basil Exposition. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, but that person, and then the Inquisitor goes, she goes, well, let's not go too fast because I want people to come to my party afterwards. I mean, she's scared about the RSVP number changing. That's basically well, what I heard like, from it. Well, it's more like, uh, you, you know, you have the different options at that point. When they say that we can cut a swath, you know, cut a swath into the uh, Chris's forces to allow you a passage through. And you're like, yeah, do it. Or... You know, are you sure you can do that? Or, yeah, okay, just don't get everyone murdered. <laughs> yeah, because I want people to come to my party. Yeah. <laughs> well, the exact line was, make sure there's uh, enough people for a celebration afterward. Yes. Or something like that. Basically, worried about the RSVP list. Yes. I've already bought the gift baskets and I don't <laughs> take a I don't know. That just struck me as I was writing down the notes. Yeah. You're running through this tropical area with like Toucan Sam like watching you everywhere. I loved those birds. I did love that area. <laughs> it was really cute, wasn't it? It was. It was really nice for an area that we'll never see again. Yeah. I kind of wish we would, though. I mean, it was... DLC! Yeah, like the other places in Dragon Age, it's similar but slightly different. I did like that. Like the Emerald Graves, and there's another place with a lot of woods in there. And, and there were lots of elven ruins that were surprisingly in really good shape. There were. Maybe they had dwarf slaves that would make all that stone stuff. Maybe they didn't need the dwarves. Maybe they did it themselves. Maybe it was magic. Magic! Maybe it was Maybelline. <laughs> Maybe they were born with it. Aww. Exactly. 
so there's a lot of running and you're and you're helping out these troops along the way and I, I God I love that part and every once in a while you'll see like Liliana and I think at some point you see Cullen out in the field with their troops I got the sense of oh my God this is growing this is really cool I love how they did that it was nice seeing them on screen not in the war room or in bed you know yeah it was nice. Up until all the ninjas started popping up and stabbing people. Well, it depends on what difficulty you have it on. Now, I decided not to play through this part again right before the show because my current playthrough, I'm playing on a, a male mage and I'm playing on hard or whatever the one above that difficulty. To me, it's difficult. Other people, ah, shut up. I don't care. This is actually the, the part of the game that I'm about ready to go through with my elf playthrough. Mm-hmm. I just have to do the Illuvian scene that we talked about right at the beginning of the show, and then I'm there. That's exactly right. where I left off playing him. And now that I can go through and customize his face and make him not Giant Head the Elf, uh, I will more than likely pick this up again soon. See, where I am, I stopped off right before this, too, because I remember finishing the ball quest, because I remember that was the one that I got the Bell of the Ball achievement on my bitchy uh, character, my bitchy archer. <laughs> You know, I actually noticed that. I've actually almost got all of the achievements for this game. Really? Except for the difficulty ones? Yeah, just for the difficulty ones. I think that might be the only thing I'm missing at this point. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll get there someday. Probably not. I don't. I like my adventure games, or my RPGs should just be story. Yeah, um, I don't but play eventually. Typically. Well, I remember on the Dragon Age games, or the, the original, I would have it on a very low difficulty every time I played it. But when I went back years later and played it again, I was like, hey, I can do this much easier now. Well, I was also modding. I just, so. I always do like everything on normal. I'm not a big difficulty switcher, typically. Oh, I do. If I'm having trouble, like, <laughs> I've been playing Skyrim on, on high difficulty lately. And then, but there, if there's a dragon, I will turn that son of a bitch down. <laughs> And then right back up. Anyway, yes, you finally find the entrance to this Temple of Mithal. And how Morgan knows that this is the Temple of Mithal, I have no idea. You gotta keep in mind, this is Morgan we're talking about. We have no idea what she really knows. Or what her goals are. Or if you're really the baby's daddy. (laughs) The child doesn't look like me, but I did f*** her. So... (laughs) Well, I mean... Well... Actually, you know, it's funny you say that, too. Because, granted, the kid does look a lot like her, but if you take a look at my previous uh, wardens, uh-huh. all of my ma- all of my human wardens roughly look the same, and they that Kieran looks like he would be their son. Really? Yes. I wonder it's if they took that into account kinda, when they... They didn't, no. It, he, he looks like the mother, but still, yeah. See, he I, doesn't I, really, in my playthrough, he would, he would be Alistair's kid. And I was looking for, like, the eye tilt. Alistair's got a certain eye tilt, and he's got a certain nose. Nah. I was looking for that, and I couldn't see it, and I was like, mm. You know what would be badass, though? What? Is if uh, the next Dragon Age game took place 12 years later. Mm-hmm. And uh, at one point, just how, like, you kind of randomly encounter the uh, ha- the hawk or whoever. You randomly encounter a badass, like, sword wheelie mage <sighs> named Kieran. And when I say badass, I mean just effectively badass. He uh-huh. enters the stage the same way Flemeth would. Ah. Uh, well, wait, wait, Flemeth. But with more brimstone, yes. Are you talking about like? Look, Grandma's got power. Original Flemeth? No, I mean like GA two Flemeth. Oh. Where not like comes in in the form of a dragon, 
But when she takes the stage, you notice. Yeah. Yeah. She does kind of command a room. A tad. Whereas Morgan's much more subtle when she walks on stage. True. Okay. Yeah, well, and then she does her little swish. Yeah. It would be cool, like, if, if it were 12 years later, what if you could romance Kieran? And Oh, God! Oh, that'd be weird. Ah! Doing daddy and son? What if Liliana eventually had a kid? I'd kill it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no, I've got it. What if it became canon that Hawk was male and him and Isabella had a child? And though there would be a bit of an age difference, let's say go 20 years forward. And that would make it not creepy. Okay. And then those two are the main characters. And the Inquisitor's still kicking around somewhere. They're totally going to write books about that, don't you think? I hope so. I would read the hell out of those. Are you kidding? I would read the hell out of this, too. <laughs> so anyway, back to the Temple of Mithal. Wait, didn't Ogryn have a son? Uh, yes, he did. But uh, depending on how you play it, Ogryn could be the father that is never around. But it doesn't matter. I mean, still, his son. What if it was just like it? Oh, oh that'd be fun. What <sighs> if he was the hero that Ogryn never could be? <gasps> oh Three times tougher and four times more noble with uh, and... uh, roughly half the alcohol in his system at all times. Oh, I was about to say sober. What if, what no. if he was straight edge? <laughs> sober dwarves run chantries in Orzammar. Oh, yeah, that one guy. Yeah, yeah. Where were we? The Temple of Mithal, right at the beginning. Haven't even gotten into it yet. Before you even get there, okay, you're running up and you and you actually catch Corypheus and Samsonite. <laughs> Samsonite. Samson. Uh, Samsonite. I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Well, I don't know. With that, uh, with that armor inside his body, he's kind of like Samsonite. If yeah. he were or. Yeah, yes. that. Um, wow. You gonna go anywhere else with that one? And you could mine him. Yeah. Okay. You could uh, mine him and and use that ore to make a weapon and then stab yourself forever coming up with the idea. Wow. Okay, good. At least yep. you knew that. Okay. Yep. The proper punishment for whatever you just said. Okay. <laughs> but you come up against, uh, you come up on them at the entrance and there's also a dragon flying overhead, which I thought that was cool. That that had to have been Corypheus's. It couldn't it have was. been another. Okay. It was, yeah. Okay. But they encounter, you're watching this from behind, huh? and they encounter those elves that are meant to, the sentinels. The ones that, uh, those ninjas that are popping up and stabbing everyone. Yeah. I mean, we don't find out quite yet that they're sentinels, but that's exactly what they are. They're the sentinels yeah. that are protecting this temple. And... They have a name. We learn. Uh, Sentinels of Mythal. That's what okay. we're going to go with. We'll I have no them. idea. There they're called the Sentinels. Ninja elves. So they're battling on the bridge, and you're spying over the, some balcony that you came to, because apparently they didn't have guards to make sure that, you know, well, actually, you do kind of beat the hell out of those guards, so it's not entirely true. That's right, there yeah. were. Okay. I had some great screenshots of that part, too. Really? That was my desktop for, like, three months. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway... Uh, you sneak up on them, you watch these uh, elves fighting Corypheus. Corypheus is basically like, ha, 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 and then he gets turned to ashes. <laughs> and other Grey Wardens. There were Grey Wardens there, too. Yeah, there were Grey Wardens, and uh, it's, it's, I love how the way the scene developed is, you know, he he walks forward, and clearly these, there's these two pillars on the edge of the bridge that are meant to, there's going to be some magic from there. And sure enough, Corypheus comes up, gets 
blown apart by these two rays of power. And he reaches forward, grabs the mage of the elves, holds him up, and then he ends up getting reduced to ashes. And I love how it's just like, it's like 80s style movie where all the flesh is just melting away and then you see the skull and it just disappears. Oh, it was very Indiana Jones. Oh, it was. It totally <laughs> was. It was just like the, uh, was it the, um, uh, was it the last group? No. It was Raiders. Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So you see that happen, and then he just falls, and the elves keep running up the bridge. And Samson, you know, looks around and follows suit, as if nothing happened. And then, of course, the Inquisition comes down, and they're like, What the hell? Corypheus just got killed. And then they hear someone groaning behind them, turn around, and there's a Grey Warden vomiting black bile everywhere. Oof! Here comes Corypheus again. And so then you run. Okay, did Corypheus use the Grey Warden's body, or was there some kind of puddle that he just came out of? Because I couldn't no, tell. No, he, he, uh, he, like, erupted out of the body, so okay. the, the the bile would, you know, transform into him. Oh, that's right, yeah. Because yeah. he can, uh, apparently... And it was creepy as hell, too. It looked like something out of the freaking grudge. Uh, ew, yeah. Yeah. Once you run away from this, because Morgan's like, holy fuck! And then you guys run in. Nope. Yeah, you run into the temple and bar the doors behind you. You see the dragon again, you know, flying over you. Breathes fire, you know, as dragons do. Yeah, and, you know, at least you're protected. You're inside the temple, and everybody's like, what the f***? And all of a sudden, Morgan knows it seems he can rebirth himself from living creatures. Pretty much makes the correlation that he is just like an archdemon in that once he's killed... He could transfer his soul to either a Grey Warden or a, a Darkspawn, just like any of the tainted beings. So he literally comes from taint. Ew! <laughs> Morgan's literally like, um, I was in The Last Blight, and um, I don't know if that's an archdemon, but I've seen it before. Yep. Just very bitchy about it. Yep. Well, you know, when you watch an entire country get turned to nothing by a giant devil dragon, but yeah, you kind of, you get a little... Mm, sour. Well, you don't like the rookies at that point. Nope. <laughs> it's like me when when kids that are 20-something saying, Oh, I remember way back when, when I was in high school two years ago. What are you talking about? <laughs> Jackass. Oh, the good old days. Oh, yep. Way back then? It was so long ago. I swear, I was... Oh, anyway, I'm, I'm not going to yeah. Some dude on TV speak. It was so long ago. No, it was not. <laughs> it was not. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so anyway, we find ourselves inside the temple. And there's light puzzles. Because every temple has to have puzzles. This is this is kind of like RPG necessity in every way, state, and form. Especially if you're like Laura Croft. You <laughs> go inside a temple, there's going to be puzzles. That's just how it works. Well, yeah, and that's also Link and all that stuff. I mean... Yeah, exactly. I would be so, sad if I didn't have puzzles, honestly. You know, and, and I love how I've... Every time I've talked to someone about these puzzles, they've always found them incredibly difficult and needed guides to figure them out. Uh, usually it takes me like a minute to look at it and go, oh, yep, I know how to do this. All you have to do is light up all the panels, walk in a specific way, do patterns, and it, it works out. I think I had to retry one of them once. This one was incredibly easy to me. Yeah, because yeah, well, I accidentally hit something else. It's mostly because I, I run and I kind of go all over the place like, Aah! And yeah, so I, I had to you. make sure that my party wasn't falling behind me, had them yeah. all hold position, do all the walking myself. Yeah. Yeah, this one was easy. This one I can actually figure out. Now, it's puzzles where you have to, where you hit something and then two other things light up on the opposite side and you have to figure out which ones light up. Those I can't do. You know, it's funny. I usually, like, 
I have times where I can figure it out right away, or other times where I just look at those those puzzles that where you flip one lever and it lights up two things, and flip another lever and it turns one off and lights up something else. Yeah, I hate that. I sometimes will just go click, 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 click randomly, and boom, it's done. Oh, it never happens to me. No, yeah. I'll spend a lot of time on those. Oh my god, remember that puzzle in Dragon Age Origins when you go get shale and you have to move those slider things? I liked that one. I liked that one. I liked it once I figured out really, once I really thought about it. Yep. Yeah. So there are light puzzles. Now this is the part where Morgan, Morgan goes in, she sees something written on a wall or something. On a statue. Yeah, there's a statue in the middle of the room right where the lo- the uh, puzzle was at. I didn't even realize it was a statue. Oh yeah, I didn't remember it was a statue. Yep. Now, yeah. And then she's like, I, I can only make out a few words. And she's lying through her fucking teeth. Oh, of course. <laughs> but the thing is, is that I watched a replay of it, and Solus was there, and he was able to translate a whole bunch of shit. And then Morgan comes in, and she's like, um, well, I can only make out a few words. And I'm like, dude, Solus just told you what it said. Um, uh, anyway, so she says, oh, yes, this is something about Well of Sorrows. Yeah, this is where she starts getting iffy. Pretty much, in short. She starts getting iffy, but they figure out, I don't know how they figure it out, but they think, oh, this is where people came to pay homage or ask favor of Mithal or whatnot. The petitioner's path, that's what it's called. Thank you. She thinks that following their path exactly will lead us to wherever they're going. I'm guessing at this point it's the Well of Sorrows, because she's very confusing. I can't tell whether she only wants the Illuvian or she wants that Well of Sorrows at some points. Well, well, I mean, we kind of get a better idea once we get going, and uh, there's some implications to uh, what happens after all this area. But anyway, so while going through the temple, you know, you don't see Samson or anyone, and if you actually walk around that, I think it's the first room you get into, where that first puzzle's at, and get up the stairs, there's a statue of Fen'Haral there. Yes. The Dreadwolf. I, I think it was actually, yeah, Morgan's the one who commented on it, about how... Uh, it was weird to see the statue of the Dreadwolf there in the, the Temple of Mythal because it would be like a painting of Andraste in a Chantry Temple naked. It would be blasphemy. Is that what she said? Yeah, it would be blasphemy for that to happen. And, you know, and that's based on all the... All the Why would that be? Previous knowledge. Well, because the Dreadwolf is the one who uh, who seals away all the old gods. Right. So he's like he's like the traitor god. At least according to the information that we have at present. Okay. Yeah. Because I remember about reading about that when I was at the Dalish camp in Origins. I remember that story. Mm-hmm. Because it reminded me of that scene in Wolverine when he talks about the, about the wolf. <laughs> There's some kind of story, some Indian story. No, it was um, Silver Fox that tells the story about the Wolverine. And it just reminded me of it. So that one stuck out when I when I read it. Even though it's really not the same story, just the wolf thing. Right, uh, yeah. She says, okay, well, why don't we follow this path? I think it's going to lead us to the Well of Sorrows. And, oh, by the way, I was lying when I said I couldn't figure out everything on that statue. Um, well, uh, the Well of Sorrows is going to have a great boon for you, but it will also come at a great sacrifice. I don't know what this sacrifice is, but let's go get it. I want it. Yeah, and it's like... Well, you ask, you can ask why you would trust her. And she goes, well, yeah, I know I lied, but if I weren't trying to get you to trust me, I wouldn't be telling you that I previously lied. Yeah, and but that could be... Yeah, it could just be like, here's a nugget of information <laughs> that you might need to know that I can use in the future to make you trust me more. Or maybe she was genuinely like, well, maybe honesty is the best path right here. Will we ever find out? Probably not. 
Probably not. That's like the guys on the show Psych calling their their fake psychic detective agency Psych, just telling you, "Hey, we're lying to you, so you trust us." Yep. <laughs> I love that logic. Anyway, and still, I'm waiting for Solas to pipe up, but he doesn't do anything. He's just, he's really quiet, like, in the background. Exactly. Commune with the spirits, man. Yeah, whatever. Come on, do your job. Yeah, trying to blend Stupid into Solus. the... <laughs> you bald elf. And there is some point... Oh, you meet up with Samson Knight. <laughs> Samson. Yes. Uh, you beat the shit out of him. Does he make it out of there? Is that the point where he makes it out of there? Well, at one point you see Samson, they blow a hole in the, in the floor, uh-huh. and then jump down into the temple, as, yes. like making themselves a shortcut, whereas you can either choose to follow him that way or actually follow the petitioner's path through the temple, and hopefully that will lead, which you know that'll take you exactly where you need to go, whereas those guys are wandering blindly through the temple, blah, 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 so on and so forth. So, I, of course, I've chosen to go through the petitioner's path. Because, of course, you trust Morgan. Well, obviously there's that, but it's also like, you know, you're paying respect to the ancient, possibly dead elven gods in their temple rather than destroying it. And if this dead god isn't actually dead, or, you know, if there are there's someone watching over this, I feel like they'll probably be a little more favorable toward you who, even though you're not their people, respected their history and their rights and their rules, rather than going, all right, give me that keg full of gunpowder. Let's see what it can do. (laughs) Well, okay, good point. Just, it's a thought, you know? You can destroy things or you can show respect. Typically, people who show respect don't get shot in the face. Just uh, how I feel. And I already know there's ninja elves bouncing around everywhere, so, yeah. Well, for all you know, they could have all been there at the gate and have died. And for all you know, but of course, very shortly after going through and doing all the puzzles, you find out that there are more elves. Because they're ninjas. Hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> well, hindsight shows you with a bunch of elves behind you with bows pointed <laughs> at your back. Yeah. I've got a screenshot of that, too. It oh was, really? It was pretty great, yeah. So yeah, after that Samson fight, that's where that's where all that, that the whole stuff goes down. Now, the only person that really agrees with Morgan on this is Solus. Cassandra will approve, even though Iron Bull may not even be there with you. He's going to disapprove. He doesn't even know what's going on, but he still disapproves. Um, and Blackwell only slightly disapproves. Those are the ones I remember. If you go through the step and you go through the light puzzles, you're following the path and you can't step where you've already been because you can't waffle when you want to right. address a god. I thought that was brilliant, actually. I agree. And this is the part where my watch through of this cut off, unfortunately. You reach the next chamber and there's ninja elves! Ninja elves! Led by, they call themselves sentinels. Their entire purpose is to guard this temple. That is their life. That is their purpose. And you also find out they've been asleep since the last time someone tried to invade this temple. So which means five minutes these ago. guys are, <laughs> they're all ancient elves from before the fall of the elves. And it's through talking to them that you find out that humans played a much less significant role in the destruction of the elven people than the Imperium would have you believe. They, the, what, basically happened is uh since you know the elves wiped themselves out Mm -hmm. the imperium took the advantage of that situation to claim 
that they were so powerful that they were capable of taking down the ancient godly elves and thus used fear to, you know, build their empire. As quite honestly, one would. But since the elves weren't around, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's history. What's that saying? That uh, History is written by the victors. Written by the victors, which in this case means the survivors. Mm-hmm. The Imperium weren't ever strong enough to take on the elves. But if there's no elves there to say otherwise, then who's going to say against it? See, this is why you don't lie about things, because you never know. You never know if all of them are gone. You don't know. They could be magically sealed away, magically asleep, trying to protect some temple that you don't know if anybody's ever going to come to again. You don't know. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of a sad fate. But, you know, cryostasis, what are you going to do? So, anyway, uh, you, Abelus is the name of this, the leader of these elves. Through a series of conversations, you basically let him know that Corypheus is there to steal the power of the well, and you can either, to you know, decide that the well is more important to you than not pissing off these elves, or you can show your respect to these elves and say that you will, as soon as Corypheus has been defeated, you will leave. And regardless of what choice you make in this situation, Morgan decides, screw everyone, I'm going after the well, transforms <laughs> into a raven, flies off. Now, if you say that you want to keep the well, Abelus gives you the middle finger, turns around and runs after to go destroy the well himself so no one can have it. If, uh, you know, if Morgan says, screw you guys, and pieces out like she's going to either way, then Avalis follows suit and goes to destroy the well, or stop Morgan from touching it, or, you know, whatever. Either way, Avalis runs off, Morgan runs off, and you're left to kind of deal with what's left. Now, because I've only ever chosen to actually side with the elves and say, okay, we'll let you have your well, we'll leave, uh-huh. Uh, the elves have allowed me, you know, safe passage to go through their temple, and an elf will actually escort you to all these secret passageways and, and let you go through. But this freaking elf, this elf is like Rafiki from The Lion King. Enough already. What is that supposed to mean, anyway? It means you're a baboon, and I'm not. Yeah. Swear to God. Yeah. I mean, and he walks so... He or she walks. He does, and... Like, my first time doing this, I didn't realize that this elf was actually escorting me. I thought I just had to run ahead. So I just went running through, clicked a couple of doors, went and fought some some of the Red Templars and helped the elves survive and all that. And then at one point, I I got to the point where I couldn't progress because there were no more doors for me to open. And that's because the elf had not ever reached the doors to open the next passageway because he was still waiting for me all the way at the beginning because he's only going to walk forward as long as you're next to them. Because this is basically an escort mission minus the danger and the worst thing that has ever happened in any game ever is escort missions. (laughs) I don't agree well. I don't mind escort missions as much as other people. But then again, I don't play as many games as you guys. Well, when the the success of a mission depends on someone else not getting destroyed and you can't control that, that unit from yeah. moving or attacking or hiding or anything, it's frustrating. But, of course, that's not quite the case here. It's just escorting to a location, which is slow and It's dumb. so slow. But also the thing is, is that you go and if you go into the next room where you can hear fighting... You can hear the Templars that have run ahead. You can hear them fighting. Yep. And if you go through those doors, then then your little Rafiki buddy isn't going to do anything. And he's just going to stand there. Yeah, I learned that the hard way. <sighs> but anyway, you make it to 
wherever this place is. I think it, he takes you right to the yeah, well, Yeah, he right? does. He takes you through the rest of the way, um, escorts you to the well, and that's where you come across Samson stabbing one of the elves, and or uh, one of the Red Templar stabs an elf, you know, kills him. And Samson talks about how, how great all the Red Templars are and how stupid the Chantry is for refusing the Red Templars and, and how he's awesome and how Corypheus is awesome and how, you know, being completely psychotic is awesome, the stupid druggie. And uh, then you have your little encounter. Now, something we, I don't remember if we talked about previously, but our lovely little elf or uh, dwarf mechanic back at Skyhold, the genius that she is, creates a way... Because the of these side, the genius that she is, the, the dwarf whose name I forgot. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. That one. So yeah, yeah. So she creates a way to destroy this seemingly impenetrable armor that Samson has. And so while he's sitting there, you know, talking his big game and strutting his stuff, you can choose to fight him or choose to basically flick the switch and destroy his armor. To which he cries, and you end up fighting anyway, and beating him into the ground. So I used this method. I didn't just straight out fight him while he still had his armor fully intact. And I beat the living hell out of him. It wasn't even hard. It was funny as hell, and he cries a little bit. And you find out, even after taking the severe beating, he's still alive. So you can take him to pass judgment on him. And honestly, I don't even remember what happened when I passed judgment on him. I'm sure he died. I don't remember what I did. I probably... Well, I don't know. I don't know! I don't remember. Yeah, I don't (gasps) remember either, so... Not the point. Anyway, he, he before all the fighting happens, he talks about how he's a vessel, and so you ask him what a vessel means, and he goes, well, when you've got water, you need something to put it in. When you've got <laughs> knowledge, you need something to put it in. So I'm the vessel for the well, and I'm strong enough to withstand everything, so all the knowledge that Corypheus needs, he can get from me, and I was created for that purpose, and blah blah blah, so break the flask, no well, no water, no worries, it's fine. Moving on, you go up the steps, because you see Abelus hauling ass up there, creates these magic floating stone steps, you go up to the well with him, and Morgan and him yell at each other for a while, and lots of crying happens, and or that might have just been me, I don't know. Was it you crying? Aww. Might have been. No, not yet. But anyway, so, you can basically, you have this method of, uh, again, telling Abelus to go screw himself, or you can talk him down. Now, I watched a little video of what happens if you uh, don't talk him down from stepping away from the Well of Sorrows and letting you a- you know, access its wealth of knowledge. And uh, he tries to destroy the Well, and Morgan stabs him in the back and kills him. Ah! That's yeah. your woman! Well, you know, kind of to be expected, honestly. <laughs> I, I managed to talk him down, and he, you know, concedes that he's been protecting it for no, for too long and there's really no reason to continue protecting it when his people are dead. He's really tired of doing it. He's like, dude, come yeah, on. Yeah, he is. He's, I mean, you gotta think about this. He's protecting a well for all eternity. But what's the point when all the servants of the temple are dead, his entire race has been wiped out, the only people that are left are, you know, you look at a couple of sad sack elves and they don't even remember their own language. They're, they're literally a shadow of a formerly great empire. And it, it, he just kind of lets you take the power. Now, whether he lives or not, you know, if he does live, he's not going to join the Inquisition. They decide to leave and go off and live out the rest of their lives however they want to do it, away from everyone else. They don't care what happens after that. They don't want to be bothered with it. They've done their duty. 
and now their duty is over. So they're going to go off and find something else to do with their lives, which I, I, I'm totally cool with that. Well, I don't know. That would make a great comedy to see, like, the times that have changed, you know, thousands well, of years and, later. And, uh, yeah, and they, they do talk about how, like, every time they wake up, they are less and less in touch with the world. The world just continues to change while they stay the same. Well, also, every time they wake up, they are fewer in numbers. Yes. Well, of course, that's like, I mean, how many days, quote unquote, to them, have they really been awake? So, I mean, how would they really get the sense of, wow, time has really passed because the battle's going to be fought and they're going to fight off whoever's going for that well, and then they're going to go back to sleep. That's it. Yep. yep, that's their entire lives. So, so anyway, you have, you get to this point, you have a choice. Do you, as the Inquisitor, drink from the well and obtain its knowledge, or do you allow Morgan to drink from the well and obtain its knowledge? Now, my first playthrough, I let Morgan do it. Okay. Because, you know, my first playthrough, I'm a warrior, uh, you know, I'm used to hitting things with large things and making <laughs> things bleed and, you know, watching the life escape people's eyes as I kill oh, them. Oh, God! Too dark? Monster. Okay, a little bit. So, yeah, it's like... You've got a master of the arts who studied studied ancient magics. Yeah, but she was homeschooled. I mean, come on. By possibly the world's most powerful magic user. I don't know. Did she take a test and knows that she's the world's most powerful? You don't know. She turns into a dragon. I feel like that's qualification for being a badass. Well, that is qualification for being a badass. Is she that knowledgeable? You don't know. We can all assume. she's. I just want to disagree with you. You can, but you're wrong. So, <laughs> and just like all those people that hate it when I say that I'm the one that's always right, guess what? I'm right. You're so, such a know-it-all asshole, Road. I know, right? Oh, <laughs> man. It's sad no one gets it. Anyway, so back to all, back on target. <laughs> so anyway, so what we've got here is the choice. Uh, one of the two drinks from the well, and then the well explodes, and everyone gets, you know, knocked out for a little bit. And by the time everyone, you know, wakes up and everything's going, I guess, the way they expected it to, that's when Corypheus shows up. Because, of course, when everyone's getting back on their feet, that's when Corypheus shows up. And then he's pissed off that everyone's at the well, so he flies over, like, I, I don't know, like he's attached to strings. It's like he got on a zip line and just floated over. So <laughs> everyone jumps into the Alluvian, and, and for some reason the Inquis- Inquisitor's glowing, which never really gets explained, because... Morgan drank from the well in my playthrough, but in both versions, the, the Inquisitor glows. Maybe it's because of the thing that's in their hand. I don't know, but it's blue, not green. It's very confusing. And as Corypheus nears the Alluvian, the well fills up again. And then the I guess the lady in the lake comes out and gives him a little middle finger until the uh, Alluvian shatters. Very Arthurian. Arthurian? Huh. Arthurian. Uh, 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 yeah. Kimolo- Whichever. I know what you mean. Yes. Words. Hard. <laughs> and half of those I just made up. So anyway. So yes. Then everyone jumps into the Illuvian, comes out into Skyhold, and uh, I guess pats each other on the back. And say, yay, we did shit. Yay! And there was much rejoicing. You don't really drink from the well. You just... Like, they took a dive in it almost. Or they, well, no. You know... I mean, they, they, walk, they walk to the center of it, take a handful, and then splash their face. Oh, that's what they do? They don't need... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You want to get your clothes wet. Why do you have to walk <laughs> to the very center? They're almost baptizing themselves, I guess. Well, I mean, what's weird about this is that the the, the, the well 
Yeah. The well is the knowledge of all the people who've who've come before, all the people who serve the temple. When they reach the end of their life, they, you know, put their knowledge into the well so that the next person in line would, you know, have all of their knowledge. That way, all, everything they knew would never be lost. That It's literally a well of knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, that's eh, eh, weird. Thinking about all those people's memories or possible existences being combined into yours and very overwhelming even for even for morgan like it, the result is the same whether the inquisitor does it or whether morgan does it they're incredibly overwhelmed by it well you would be too it's like being oh, a yeah, trill totally. from deep space nine but it's like you morgan thinks she can handle it she can't even she's overwhelmed yeah, well, I don't think anybody really can, unless you're prepared for it. Unless you're like Dax, Jadzia Dax, which you're bred for it, you you know, you, to take in that many emotions. feel Like Rogue, too. That's how Rogue feels. Yeah, and that's why she eventually becomes a, a psycho zombie that tries to destroy the universe. We don't like Rogue anymore. No, well, yeah, nobody does. And f***s Magneto. Who doesn't she, anyway? That's really sad, because she's, she's all f***ing everybody she can, and Gambit's like, dude, I waited for you for, like, 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> It's so sad, and they call him a player. Oh, well, right. <laughs> He's a smooth talker, but she's the one. Yeah, anyway, not the point. So, anywho. Anywho, that that's where we should probably leave off. Well, w- the one thing that we do get what out of think? this is that uh, at the end, when everyone gets back together in Skyhold to talk things out and hug, you get the whispering for either whichever the person drank from the well. They hear the whispers, and they've got a plan in mind for how to destroy Corypheus at last. And what they what they discover is that the dragon is not actually an archdemon. It's just a dragon that's been infused with a part of Corypheus's power. So if you kill the dragon, you make Corypheus mortal temporarily. And that's when you're supposed to destroy it. Voldemort! Exactly. It, you know, that's exa- it, honestly, that's what it is. Is the dragon is a horcrux. <laughs> and, uh, which apparently has unlimited lives so if you destroy the horcrux you disallow him from being able to respond anywhere else and then uh, at least for a little while until he creates another one which title uh, of the show you... harry potter and the well of sorrows Ugh. that's good come on it's good <sighs> that's where we leave off we found a way to defeat corypheus at last what a tease you are road i know even though I said that's where we should leave off. So anyway, we've got email. Email. We're going to do one email from Raphael. This is the guy that won that special super duper whatever Inquisition thing from that stream. Whatever. <laughs> and it's a regular emailer. Hello, Liz and Road. It's Raphael again. I just heard episode 16, and thank you for reading my email, and congratulations for being heard all around the world. Yay! I am Brazilian, by the way. I don't think I mentioned it before. That's where I remembered you, buddy. So, as you guys resume talking through the game, I assume you will be reaching the Arbor Wilds and the Temple of Mithal soon. Literally just talked about that, so yeah. Literally! You are right. While there is truly a lot to talk about here, from your allies assembled to fight the Red Templars to the Sentinels and Corypheus' archdemon-like resurrection. But I will keep it short and just mention something I've seen on a YouTube channel that has been digging a lot of searching for Easter Eggs Inquisition. Do you guys, like I did, believe that the whispers from the Well of Sorrows were just unintelligible whispers? Well, and here's some backwards audio from Geek Remix. (laughs) 
about a win basically that's all for now guys on my next email i will surely change your opinions on liliana no you won't nope nope keep up the good work Raphael. yay uh he got his cards uh fondled by mike laidlaw what yeah in that in that pack Mike Legolaw took out the cards to show everybody, and it was like, yeah, and now they've been fondled by me. Aww. I'm listening to this uh, video he linked us. Is it? Huh. Oh, wow, it actually is. Wow, that's f***ing creepy. Like, I hate shit like this right here. I don't know, but I'm freaked out. Like, I understand that this is just someone recording a, a harsh whisper, turning down the volume and everything. Yeah. But, like, noises like these creep me the hell out. Yeah, I'm really creeped out. I'm actually having to pause. I'll, yeah. I'll put it in the show, but... Yeah, you're really gonna have to turn it up, too. Because this, yeah. you oh! can barely hear it. And I don't like it because I've got a door right behind me, and so I'm like, ah! like, yeah, I'm sitting here like in the dark, and I've the only thing I've got on is a lamp, so ah! it's casting shadows everywhere in the place. <laughs> <laughs> We're so creeped out. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's actually kind of interesting. What a pussy to, you are, uh, road. Right. <laughs> I also don't have like very good peripheral vision at all, so yeah. Ah! Yeah. Thanks for creeping us the hell out. I'm glad I don't have a candle lit, otherwise, like, the shadows would be bouncing right now. Oh, God, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So, yeah, that was actually, that's genuinely interesting. Yeah, that's really cool. Holy shit, that was a great email. Thanks. Now I'm going to go listen to a couple of ACDC records backwards. Because <laughs> hail Satan. Hail Satan! Hail Satan! There you go. <laughs> That is the end of this show. We will continue next episode. And so say goodbye, Road. Goodbye, Road. God, why do you do that every time? Because it's fun. Say goodbye, Liz. Goodbye, Liz. Why do you do that? You're such a jerk. Yep. That's me. We don't want to dampen the mood, D-A-M-P, Dragon Age multiplayer. That was a terrible joke. Before we get to more terrible jokes, we have to do some contact information, or else how are we gonna know how much you love us? You have to tell us how much you love us. Don't tell us how much you hate us. Get a hold of us on Twitter at DragonAgeOTR. Contact me at Mistress underscore LeBeau, that's L-E-B-E-A-U. And if you like your tweets favorited, contact Road at that road guy. Email us at DragonAgeOTR at gmail.com. Visit our website at QuestGamingNetwork.com. And yes, we know our money's on the dresser. We have sponsors, you guys. Heard about us talk about Dragon Age The Stolen Throne at Dragon Age The Calling? Well, here's your chance to hear it for free. Go to audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork and you get one of those books for free. And the better to hear you with, my dear, visit tweakedaudio.com, enter our code off the record, all one word, for 30% off. Quality earbuds, free worldwide shipping, and a lifetime warranty. And while you're on YouTube, you could also subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash questgamingnetwork, where you can find a plethora of other shows. That's youtube.com slash questgamingnetwork. Ew, are you shitting? No, I'm stretching. Okay. We're like so professional this time, we've got notes. 
kind we of. We know what emails we're doing? More or less. Okay, let's go. Are you going to interrupt me during this intro? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> we were talking about the rarity of our names. You know, I use Mr. Slabeau. He uses a Varwin, and I was saying how rare that was. And he said, yeah, I've only seen one other person use it. And it was in a Japanese RPG years and years ago. And apparently that person is no longer active. That's the only other time he's ever seen his name spelled correctly online. So I was like, well, let me look this up and looked up his name. And sure enough, it's all of Varwin's tweets and where he's appeared and all that stuff. This Google search you get. But one of them is a Reddit post by Ivarwin asking about anal sex by a person named Ivarwin. Luckily, it didn't turn out to be him, but he was so fucking embarrassed. <laughs> he was like, that's not me! I, I looked further into it. It seemed to be some 18-year-old girl going by the name of Ivarwin and asking about what you need to do before anal sex. <laughs> Maybe her name is Eva Rin. It could be. Oh, that was so great. So I texted his girlfriend today and I was like, dude, Google's name and then ask him what the f he's been on Reddit for. So she was like, oh, I sent him a screenshot. It was great. <laughs> She's like, what are you doing asking about? Is there something I need to know? Or do you have something in store? <laughs> I didn't know you were in your experimentation. <laughs> it was like Christmas when I found that last night. I was actually trying to find a compilation video of the many, many nopes I have out them. of Archer. I put I put them in the episode. The last episode uh, I edited. I, haven't listened I, to I was like, yet. you have yet to listen to it because you would like it. I did it I did it for you and I put the Archer theme song in there. <laughs> Just for you. Uh, this is how much you're my friend. Yay. <laughs> yay. Oops. Sploosh. <laughs> I like when they go, kinda sploosh? I like it when the gay guy is like, well, I guess for me it would be sploosh too. <laughs> uh, to be fair, he is pretty awesome. Oh, I love him. I love them all. Cheryl is my favorite. <laughs> Cheryl? Cheryl's really? my absolute favorite. Really? Yes! Uh, we've already got outtakes now. <laughs> well, that... I think it's like episode two or three when they bring the black Jewish guy on. She's like, oh, I have my babies. Have you seen when she becomes a, a country western star yet? I love it. I love oh it. Oh, my God. Charlene. Charlene. Uh, okay. It didn't fit. Uh, phrasing? they like add pineapple to anything because pineapples are super sweet. Oh, there's a pineapple wine out now. Ooh. I don't, that's, that'd be, like, ungodly sweet. It's pineapple mango. Yeah, okay. some guy here in Missouri makes it. Out of a bathtub out in the woods. Probably. Well, that's how you do it back in North Carolina when you, uh, that's the moonshine. With a banjo. No, that's West Virginia. You talk to Rage about that. Do you not Rage your road? I, I'm not. I'm, I'm none of the above. I am Mystery Agent X. Don't even, don't even.